Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna. The sermon for today's church service will be delivered by Johann van Damme and will focus on the topic of faith. Looking into today's passage, how much faith does it take to move mountains and how can this encourage us having the same kind of faith? Please excuse the first minutes of the sermons as they were not recorded due to some sound issues. But now, here is Johann with his sermon, Mountain Moving Faith. Certainly not something where I think about you at the first place. What I say has to do with myself, about prayer, about learning to go to church and to be in his presence. If people sing a song unto God wholeheartedly. This is so beautiful. You can taste it if a church is consciously sitting in God's presence. There is something beautiful about the church. And that is something what radiates so much of his presence the people who come in know God is here. We are in danger that we go to church because it is time and it is Sunday and so we go. Yeah? It must be a different thing why you go. I used a lot of time just sitting on a chair and thinking about the preacher, if it has to do with the Bible or all kinds of other things I thought about. And uh, there is something beautiful I can say in our church. I'm not sitting anymore just to think if it is a good sermon or a bad sermon. God is speaking to me. And that is enormously important. That makes the difference if a church meeting for us is really a meeting with God or just sitting on our uh, in a church. I think we have all together as, as Christians to work on that and to learn it and to pray for open eyes that we see God. Now, today, as you see, the subject of prayer is on and in one way uh, I am not very encouraged about prayer and how things are going um, prayer is an expression of love to prayer meetings 
not terribly many folk come normally. In our church, we have five people who come to our church meeting. To the Sunday meeting, we are catching up again. We had also uh, slowly the people coming again and, and, and pulling again friends in. It is going very slow. But at the prayer meeting, five people, and we are happy. Why? Why is it that prayer is such a tough thing? That is one of the first things that drop out. I think prayer and love has to do with, with one another. Your prayer life is a measure of your love towards people around you, towards the people in Ukraine, towards the things who are important for God. What makes him unrestful? And he is very interested in our family, in our children, in other needs. He is very interested. Now, at the moment you have a crisis, a good solid one, you have children, and one of the children had a car accident and landed in the hospital. And suddenly, you can pray because of love, because of care. If I say this, I say it at the first place to myself because to take this sentence that prayer is a measure of love. That's a tough one. At the very second, I see myself as so small. I have to learn so much. But then again, I think this Bible first helps me very much. Where it's written, you should be perfect in Matthew chapter 5, like my, like my Father in heaven, like God. You should be perfect like God. Now, thank you so much. This is so much difference. So much difference. And this is life. And then all the time... God is trying to teach me that I can't. I need him. And he shows me that I cannot do it because otherwise I don't need God at all. He shows me more and more my weakness and how dependent I am. And this is the next tension. Where you feel smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And that's not nice. That's not a nice feeling. 
it has something to do with that what Jesus said. That if we don't pick up the cross and follow him, we cannot be his disciples. And if we pick up the cross, we say, okay, Jesus, I'm prepared to die. Because for that purpose is a cross. Jesus, I am prepared to die and to be smaller and smaller and smaller that I can put my trust in you. Paul even says, I praise you for my weaknesses because, because when I'm weak, I am strong. This seeing more and more how weak I am helps us to be strong. The world of many Christians gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, they have so many things that should be done that would be really good uh, if there would be changes but they aren't there. And the world gets smaller and smaller. And it gets so small that only you with your own strength is left over. And nothing of God can be seen anymore in your life. Many Christians are in a tiny little box. And the box is so small that it can hardly move and live. People, we have God. We have God. Our world may be bigger. Adventure is waiting. It is easy to give up on things. Where you say, now, I've prayed, but no changes. I prayed for my, my kids. I prayed for my husband, and he is still not a believer. And uh, 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 prayer doesn't make a difference. I pray and pray, and nothing happens. Jesus let us wait many times uh, with a begging widow on the judge this passage start out with a, a remark from Jesus why he is telling this story about the widow who is knocking all the time he said that he tells this because we should not give up and keep praying. This is a normal thing that God doesn't answer straight away. I ask myself, of course, the question, God, why is that? Why don't you answer also a, a bit sooner with many of those things?
I think God is testing us if we really want it. He doesn't want to jump on, on, on everything we say. He is looking for our heart. If we really want it. And that was the remarkable thing of the knocking lady with a judge. She went and she went and she went and she went. What are the things you really want? Is it just for yourself? And what your own needs are? Beautiful if you knock for that at the door. Because Jesus is just as much interested in you and your needs as in the needs of others. But it would be beautiful if you don't only come to Jesus with your own needs and finding solutions for that, but that you also carry some needs of others. Jesus had said, all your sorrows, throw them on me, and I will care for you. Are your prayer requests your sorrows? Are you really concerned about the things you pray? Or do you just have a list with things you mention? And there also uh, we have Jesus who very much discourages us just to speak and, uh, and not to really uh, be talking to the Almighty. Because prayer means talking to the creator of heaven and earth. And if you just say your prayer, because you always say your prayers, and it is just talking, it has so little value. It is important to believe and to pray in Hebrew chapter 11 verse 6 that is written without faith it is impossible to please God without faith it is impossible to believe God, to please God. The next sentence, because he who believes must know he is, and he is one who honor the ones who are requesting. The first thing with faith has to do that we know he is. Are we in the presence of the Almighty when we start praying? Do we know with whom we are speaking? Are we in his presence? 
That is the first thing what has to do with faith. And speaking with the Almighty. And I, I catch myself all the time. I many times, I, I, I go of course to the prayer meeting in our church. And, and I'm so sad when I catch myself at the end of the prayer meeting, it is all gone, where I think then, God, I haven't been consciously in your presence. I just again said that people, what you are supposed to say when you pray, pray, but I have not been consciously in your presence. And I'm a learner. I'm one who is learning. And it is true that God many times let us pray for a longer period for something. My wife has, would uh, tell here an interesting story, I guess, about this. Uh, we were in Nepal, um, and uh, we got a letter from friends in a Bible school in Germany. Uh, my friends had a devotion, and in the devotion was written about David, how the people, as David was fleeing in the desert, uh, there was written that the people have um, made a parcel. And there was cheese in and all kinds of other things. And in that passage was written what they did put all in the parcel for David and his uh, wandering in the desert. We were in Nepal, and at that time, we were visiting companies, talking with the chiefs, sitting together with them. We had a great time, and uh, selling technical books uh, as um, we had, uh, that was not allowed to evangelize. And so one of the things we did was visiting the chiefs of the companies, and telling them, uh, we bring you books, keep them so three days, you have a look if you like the books, if you like the books, you keep them, if you don't like the books, put them in the boxes again, we uh, bring it, and you pay for the books you take. That was really a good business, what we had, and we could sit with the chief together, and talk with them about the Lord as we sat then in the office uh, with his chief. That was a very interesting way of evangelism, to go from one chief to the next. Um, we got a letter from our friends that I read in the Bible that um, the, the people made a parcel for David and his in the wilderness and so they thought, what could that mean? And they said, thought 
that must be Heidi and Johan in Nepal. And Heidi caught the letter, walked through the house, and said, just listen. They think we are hungry, we are dying here. Um, That was an interesting experience, getting the letter. We went from Nepal to uh, India, and in India, we were in Varanasi, and um, I had to go to the south of India. Heidi was alone with the children, and um, um, she said, God will supply uh, you go because I needed uh, a train ticket. And so there was very little left over for Heidi and the children. Good. Uh, Heidi was left behind with not much money. And um, the money did not come in like usual. And there was, after a short period, no food in the cupboard again, except a bit of flour. And the milkman brought the milk because he got paid once a month. And all Heidi had left over was milk and some flour. And our daughter... Uh, got the product what Heidi made because she took that was buffalo milk and so she took the top skin away with crease that is what she did put in the frying pan then a mixture of uh, milk and the flour and it didn't stick together it was just one mess And our daughter took the the plate, pushed it away, and said, "Eh, Mama, I cannot eat that. That was enough for Heidi to start crying, to lay on her bed, and thought, God, have you left me? What happened? In the past, was it always the faith of others why we got the money and we were always able to live and we, we were helped? And Heidi had hidden this. We were living with a missionary couple from the missionary couple so that she always took the kids to eat when a mission couple was away and uh, and at that day when she was laying on her bed the missionary came hey the postman is here Heidi with a, an, a registered letter and Heidi came to pick up the letter and in that letter was a check from a fellow who lived in Turkey, who had uh, done their evangelism work, and it was then, uh, he then changed to, to Belgium. Then the letter went to 
uh, he did send a letter to Bombay, or from Bombay to Varanasi, the letter. And here we got that letter at the day where Heidi was laying on her bed and crying. And this only happened once that we had nothing in that way. But Heidi was so at the end. Um, Heidi, in a hallelujah mood, went to the missionary. And the missionary, uh, and she said, please, uh, very urgently, could you, you have a bank account? Because the check had to go over a bank account. Uh, you have a bank account, could you cash it? We don't have any more money, we have nothing to eat. <laughs> the missionary said, laughing, you know, I all the time try to hide to you people that we have no food either. And so they had no food and tried to hide. Heidi had no food with the kids and tried to hide. The missionary went away and you might hardly be able to believe it. The wife of the missionary knocked again at Heidi's door and there was a postman with a parcel. For David and his folk, hungry and thirsty in the desert. And many times God waits. And at the end of your life, the stories you still know are stories of laying on a bed and crying and God helping out in such a way yeah, that from two different directions, at that day, at that moment, God helps out. Dear folk, the difficulties, the mountains, who were written there uh, before, the mountains in your life, that are the chances to experience God and to see of his greatness where also people can see here is more as just a person and your life grows and your little box is growing and your life is a life where you can be a blessing open eyes for needs around you and love can enter. And as your purpose is to become more and more like Jesus. And Jesus is caring for your kids. For your family. Jesus is caring for the people at your job and for the neighbors. And all the people you know. And the needs. He is caring and if you want to be more and more like Jesus, you become more and more a caring person. And how your world can grow over your own limits. Prayer. If people want to see God in your life, it is extremely important if God has a place a real place in your life. Because 
if they see you in difficulties, then they can see if God has a real place. If you have a rest in your bones and something hope in your hearts for the future. And only in, in those situations where, where you get stuck, where you cannot go on in your own strength, there is where Jesus is seen. It is a privilege to experience him and to see his faithfulness. And you might say, if I am supposed to start that, that that's hopeless. That's not in me. Uh-huh. Jesus is responsible for my growth. He is teaching me. And he is clever enough to make a, a weak person like me grow. He is the almighty. All power and might is given unto him. Therefore, he says, make disciples. Radiate Christianity through your life. And prayer is a very important part of it. And those mountains... Don't give up. Be strong. Perhaps you have brought those problems to the cellar. Out of sight, you have already forgiven, forgotten many of them. The things they have given upon. But the almighty God is great enough for our big problems. And if he lets you wait a little bit, Okay, wait, but don't give up. That's Christianity. That is what Jesus said. I wonder many times why Jesus prayed so much. Whole nights. Yeah. One time even when he prayed, his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teaches to pray isn't that a great remark Lord teach us to pray this this chance of breaking out of the little box Lord teach us to pray and then he said the father our Heavenly Father. And the first thing where you see there is that Jesus teaches them to pray that his name get glorified. Is Jesus glorified through you? Or people only can see you? And you can see only yourself. Or are you and the Almighty?
there to live. Paul said, not anymore I, but Christ liveth in me. And if you are born again, you may know that Jesus is in you and wants to live through you. That makes a difference if you live with this consciousness. Live with expecting him to have a big key, a a, a big part in, in your life. And if your eyes are more on him and a bit, little bit less on you, more of him will be seen. The first thing in Hebrew 11 verse 6 is without faith, I mentioned that, is it impossible to please him? Because who believes believes in him. That's he is. Who believes is with God on the way. And you are not sitting alone at home. You are not the one who does it or has to do all everything on, on your own. No. God is at work. In you, in your family, and the more we expect God to be around, that's the more the more He can live through us. The righteous person will live through faith to accept Him. To know that he is. That's life. And that gives rest. That gives hiddenness. To, a feeling to be hidden. And that makes you free. Like the Bible first we saw before. That if you have faith like a mustard seed. And then the next sentence is that God is not happy at all with the disciples because it has to do with the demon had to be driven out. And then Jesus makes this remark. And he speaks about their unbelief. He speaks about unbelief but if you at the unbelief is smaller than a mustard seed. Unbelief is smaller than a mustard seed. Because if you would have a, 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 a faith like a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move. That God communicates this that we even can talk to mountains and make them move, that certainly gives us freedom to pray for the requests we have 
knowing that it is not at the first place our request become when we pray thousand times thousand times thousand is his burden for the things you pray for as yours. You come to God with the requests who are on his heart. Is there a mountain? One or other thing in your life where you say, I should, but I've given up. Pick it up. Pick it up. And knock at the door. And God is able to do that. I especially thought about this Bible first. Because I did not know how to pray for Ukraine. I thought, can I pray for Putin that he will change his mind? Yes, we can. Jesus had said, even if you say to a mountain, now he's not so stupid as a mountain, so lifeless. Even if you say to a mountain, move. Also, can we say to Putin, move? Yes. Let's pray. Let's pray for things who are really on your heart. And you know things should move. Kids who are unbelievers. Yeah? Perhaps an unbelieving partner. Family. Pray. Father. Thank you that you do your utmost to communicate to us that you are prepared to change things. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you that we can come to you with mountains, humanly spoken, chanceless, but you can. Thank you. Thank you that also Putin is movable by you. Humanly spoken, reason to give up. But you are God. Thank you that we may let you enter into our lives and give you a place. Especially there but we are stuck. Thank you. Amen.